Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. Our goal is to help you reach the levels you want to reach so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. And that's Wired to Change with the number two. This is week number four of Mike's us having guests. Out. I know. Week number four <laughs> of having guests. Uh, we're having a blast doing this because we get to interview people and learn more uh, about how people got their business going. And we have a different kind of special guest today, don't we? We do. We have a very, 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 <laughs> very times 10 special guest with us today. The person that I know without a doubt has absolutely listened to every single one of our <laughs> podcasts because he produces our podcast. And we've been wanting over the last couple of weeks to get Drago on. And for those of you who have been regular listeners, you will notice that we mentioned Drago a lot in our podcast. And there are times that he saved my ass in our podcast <laughs> with his secret typing that he does. Because we have a screen that faces us. And when we stepped <laughs> on a word, Drago typing is like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. That's <laughs> and Drago Braddock with purple comma podcasting is who produces our podcast so that is why he's actually listened to every single podcast that we've ever done um sometimes he gets to listen a little more intently than others depending on what he's doing back there on his computer and the things that he's finagling but today we are going to interview him and he's a huge business partner associate and friend of the podcast so we're excited to have you here today drago thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it an seo guru oh yes so drago what was the impetus for you starting oak city tech the so my answer is probably a little different than a lot of other people's but after you know having my internships at various places i determined that i was kind of clinically unemployable <laughs> I, I, needed to, I needed to have my own path i needed to be able to set my own rules and when i saw an opportunity i needed to be able to act on it so that was the biggest thing for me okay i think we just got the title of the episode clinically clinically, clinically unemployable, unemployable. Hey, good. that that works so tell me a little bit about your background that we can share with our listeners um mike likes to always mention that you're from the old country <laughs> yeah. so give us a little bit about your background and how you came to be yeah, so long story short about Mike's comment, my folks uh, immigrated from the former Yugoslavia, and so I, I grew up over here on the West Coast. Of, I'm sorry, over here on the West, so to speak, uh, specifically on the West Coast of, of the country here. And um, where I got my start is in actually programming. I've been programming since I was about 10 years old, and that's something I continue to do throughout college to kind of help pay for my you know, education. And then I discovered, you know, right after graduating to that nice 2008, 2009 recession, <laughs> there weren't that many jobs available. So at that time, I felt it was really good to kind of t take the skills I had already learned, add a few new ones to my belt and kind of start my own company so I can forge my own destiny. That's awesome. Now, so you're a super dork. I'm a uh, huge you dork. Too. That's <laughs> why you two get along yeah. so well, people. That's if why you could, Trinity and I get along. Their yeah. faces light up when something nerdy and techy comes up, and I'm like, yeah. We'd love to chat now, about it. Now, Drago was on my B&I podcast. My favorite story, because I always like the favorite non-working stories, usually the best ones. And Drago was supposed to come to North Carolina State University to play college basketball, had a scholarship ready to go, and I love to hear him tell the story of why he never played college basketball. Uh, my Mike always loves to bring this one up because <laughs> it is a good story. It's kind of unusual, but yeah, what, exactly what he says is true. I was about getting ready to play for Erp Sendek, for those you remember back in that uh, 04 era, and uh, the long and short of it was 
throughout high school, I had been doing um, some jet skiing stuff just on the side because I found it fun. And this was in Arizona. Yeah, Arizona and California. Okay. Like yep. competitive jet skiing or jet skiing for fun? B- both for fun and competition in terms of stunts. Not, okay. not racing, but like stunts and gotcha. stuff like that. Because I was an adrenaline junkie. I still am, to be mm-hmm. perfectly honest. So I always enjoy things that are exciting. And long story short, um, just towards the towards the end of my uh, you know um, career in high school, I had one big event. And unfortunately, at the last big event, I completely injured my knee to the point where it would not be functionally usable again for basketball. And so before I even had the chance to compete, the career was over. Oh. You were supposed to hit the deck or the jump with your jet ski, mm-hmm. and instead you... Hit it with my knee instead. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. But to be perfectly honest, it wasn't that big of an ouch because I don't really remember it because everything happened so fast. It wasn't like I don't really remember the event itself. There's video of it. And I can see myself you know, tumbling, but I really don't remember it. Itself. Were you wearing a life jacket? Oh, of course. Okay. Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, what I love to talk about coming out of those stories is that pivot in time. So if you don't hurt your knee, you come to Raleigh for a different reason. You play college basketball, and then we have no idea where your life goes from there. Yeah, from, from there, if I was that, and I knew I was that invested in athletics, I would have just continued right on to the NBA. Mm-hmm. There would be no Oak City. We would not be sitting here today. Aww. So I just, those moments in time intrigue yeah. me. Uh, the what ifs. The, the what ifs, And exactly. sometimes you look back, but you would not probably have met your wife. That's probably 100% true. And so little things like that. It's like, you know what? I'll take a knee injury for you, sweetie. I love you. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that. We actually yep. chat about that a lot in terms of like how we got brought together. Mm-hmm. Because originally we met probably three years before we got together. We were both in um, uh, Greek life over at NC State. Mm-hmm. I was in fraternity. She was in a sorority. And we just happened to mingle several times without knowing each other. And then three years later is when we, quote, unquote, officially met. Yeah. But we'd run into each other several times. But a great, I love the story. Love the story. I feel bad for him that he didn't get to play college basketball because Drago is quite healthy, 6 3 ish. 6 4 and a half. 6 4 and a half, thin, wiry, ready to play, can ready run, play. can dunk, all that yeah. good stuff. Uh, so I feel bad for you that you did not get to fulfill that. But it's funny how things turned out, and yeah. you're very happy where you are today. Everything turned out great. No complaints here. I'm absolutely thrilled. <laughs> All right. So in addition to being a fantastic athlete, which we're going to talk a little bit later about how you combine your love for health and athletics into your business. But tell me a bit about because Mike and I know what you do about 10 percent because we're here with you mm-hmm. and you do a great job producing our podcast. But when you're not producing 12%, okay, 12%. But when you're not working with us and producing our podcast, what is the scope of your business? So when I started Oak City Tech, I wanted to kind of provide a suite of businesses that small business owners could use because I saw a huge underserved need in this local area. There was tons of big agencies trying to charge huge dollars to these small businesses, and that's just not realistic as a year one business. So I sought out to offer what I felt were kind of the big four or five things that small business needed, uh, needed, which were web design, SEO, social media, content creation, which can be everything from graphics to videos, and then separately from that, uh, logo design. Because I think it's important to have a good brand image behind you as well. Is there one of those five that not you as owner of Oak City Tech, but you as Drago really enjoy working on? 
I would say the ones I enjoy the most today are a combination of the web design and social media for the sole reason of I like things that I can do in my own free time at home, so to speak. But on, on the counterposite to that, I also really enjoy meeting people in person. So in terms of activities, I, I, I enjoy most the web design and the social media. I think one of the cool things about small business owners is understanding their thought process and how they connect the dots. One of my favorite things you have done is why you office where you office. Yes. Yeah. I love this story. So I'm going to let you tell the whole thing, but it's a, it's a great how to. So a, a lot of times when I'm starting a new uh, venture, so to speak, I try and put myself in my future client's shoes. What, what would they want? What would be good for them? What would be convenient for them? So immediately when I was, you know, trying to open up this studio and any other future studios, I thought to myself, what is the most convenient place? And by the way, for those, everyone listening, we're in the Raleigh Durham area here. Uh, I was trying to find the most convenient place along the I-40 corridor where I could offer services because I want to have a, a, a place that's convenient for my clients to come. And ultimately, um, that's what drives my decisions for where an office shows up is how easy is it to get to either from Raleigh or Durham, depending on where you're coming from. And then is it going to be easy for you to kind of get back to your place of business? And I would say that this is super centrally located yes. because I'm able to just get on the road. And after recording our podcast, I'm home freeway, within yeah. 20 to 25 minutes. And it's it, fantastic. And the other part I like is why you office at the frontier with Oak City Tech and what drove that location. And tell the story about how you sat on the main floor with an arrow above your head. Oh, uh, right, right. Yeah. So uh, we were um, originally way back in uh, 2013, 2014, we were looking for our first office space. And uh, as Mike mentioned, it ended up being the frontier. And, uh, and that's a shared office space, yeah, correct? Yeah. yeah, for those Co of you, exactly. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me, Trini. For those of you who do not know what the frontier, it is a co-working space located in Durham, North Carolina, that happens to offer free co-working on the first uh, floor and then office space above for when you grow, which I think is a great model. Um, but but what, what Michael's getting at is when I first uh, got in there, I used to sit on the first floor, which, as I mentioned, is a free co-working space, and they have lots of whiteboards and lo lots of just various creative things. But I sat right next to the whiteboards. I drew a huge big circle, put web designer, and then put an arrow down to me. I would just sit there, do my work, six hours a day, and people would walk up to me. That built my portfolio of business. Love that. That is Awesome marketing. Because most people do not have the self-confidence or the what the heck to sit under an arrow. That, you that's said that what it was. so eloquently. Yeah. I'm over here thinking, man, you've got balls. Yeah. Like that's yeah. that's awesome I, that I, you that's did exactly that. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, what, what do I have to lose here? I, I'm starting off like, like there's nothing really to lose here. So I'm just going to hang out for a few hours, see what happens. If I lost six hours, no big deal. Turns out it worked really well the first day. Uh, several people, I think three or four walked up to me. So I'm like, okay, let's mm -hmm. keep trying this. And so for a while, while I was building that first book of business, I just hung out on the first floor under that arrow. That's you awesome. also like the makeup of the businesses in that building as yeah, well. Yeah, that was another huge important piece. Uh, so we, we are a tech company, and what we noticed when interviewing um, other co-working spaces is they were very tech-centric. They were software companies almost exclusively. And we were kind of looking to be with all kinds of people from all walks of life. And at that time, the frontier was the only place that was kind of catering to non-tech mm. uh, uh, small businesses. And that's really why we want to be there. We want to run into people from all walks of life and be able to bounce ideas back and forth and see other viewpoints that we might not naturally be exposed to. And I like that story because some businesses, it doesn't matter where you are. If you're a warehouse type thing, you can be off the beaten path. If you're not a storefront, no big deal. But a lot of times 
it matters where your business is. Curb appeal does come into play, doesn't it? It sure does. Um, and another thing on top of that is the, the appearance of your facility sometimes matters depending on the type of work you're in. And that's another reason why we chose the Frontier is I wanted a very aesthetically pleasing uh, meeting room area that I could book whenever I needed to. And that's one of the best things that the Frontier was able to provide for us in the beginning. Yeah, because it's very tech forward. It's funky. It's fun. People it's, bring their dogs there. I'm, I'm still amazed. I'm a dog guy. But when I go there, and I was there yesterday, and I'm there about a couple, about three or four times a month, and I'm just amazed at the people that bring their dogs. Even the employees, a lot of employees bring their dog, and their dogs just lay in their office. They've got their bed for them. It's like no big deal. They just hang out, yeah. And that, that's kind of the beauty of having a, a flexible workspace, so to speak. If, if you're responsible, the people you work with are responsible, we get to have some cool stuff around. Absolutely. Speaking of cool stuff, I... Love your passion for health and fitness. Um, It's one of the things that we like to talk about. So how do you tie that into your current business or other upcoming business ventures? So lots of ways to answer that, but I'm going to take it from the the point of of being able to execute on your business. And so the the biggest way that my nutrition knowledge helps me is I'm able to have basically 100% of the energy I need during the working day. I have no gaps in energy. There's no two o'clock downtime, none of that stuff. And that's just because I choose to eat in a fashion that's conducive to how my body works. And, and that's specifically what I'm doing right now, something called intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. which means I eat only during a certain window of the day, a certain amount of hours, and the rest of the time my body is essentially fasting and repairing itself. And we were at a meeting the other day and you needed to grab, I think the only phrase you used is, I need some carbs. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. you just got up and I forget what you ate. I just grabbed some simple bagel with yeah. a little bit oh, of that's cream what cheese it was, in yeah. there, yeah. Yeah, but again, uh, I love the planning and actually the health part is long-term for you. And a lot of the stuff you're doing right now is to put you in a position to be able to focus on that full-time. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's very important to me that I put myself in a position physically so I'm able to perform both, both in an athletic sense and a business sense for, for a very extended period of time. Um, I was... I was unfortunate to see how uh, my grandfather's life played out in, in terms of his health status. And I knew immediately once I grew up that that was not something that I wanted to ever deal with. So I put nutrition and health in the forefront of my life because I, I really wanted to be able-bodied well, well into my old age. And if there are any disc golfers in the area, Drago's your boy. Yes, please hit me up. Yes. I love to play disc golf any time of year as long as it's above about 50 degrees. <laughs> Which is almost barely today. Yeah, Everyone windy. keeps telling me that I would love disc golf because when I was in college, my absolute favorite thing to play was where you're playing Ultimate Frisbee. Ultimate Frisbee. Oh, yeah. 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 Wow, I just completely stroked out I as got well, you Mike. There. Thank you. Thank you. But they're completely different things. One is like almost a contact sport and the other is golf. So I don't understand when people tell me that I, I mean, I'm not that great at throwing a Frisbee. The whole reason I liked ultimate Frisbee is because I enjoyed running around and chasing after people. (laughs) I I got this one. Okay. Okay. All right. So this is all about Trinity's personality. This answer has nothing to do with either sport. You love a challenge. And if there's a goal, a uh, 40 yards out, and it's you and Drago, you're looking at him like, I am not losing to him. And second of all, there is a goal. That right there. Something attainable. Exactly. And that I would is, agree completely. That is all you right there. Okay. Well, then now I feel like I need to try this out. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to wind up with going to the store and buying all because you have to get different types of discs, right? For different. That's true. You do when you're getting more serious about it. But when you're beginning, you need one disc, uh, which is a driver. And that's about it. You don't even need a putter when you're starting out. Okay. And, and your first time, you just let me know when you want to go. I got plenty of discs. We'll go. We'll go. Scott, we'll have a great time. That sounds like fun. I'm that, in. It, that sport is so you. It just, yeah. yeah. Can I do it barefoot? Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Sold. Yeah. <laughs> Most disc golf courses are on, on what I call like a dirt environment. There are a few in this area that are on rocks, but we'll just stay away from those. And well, I can wear shoes, oh, okay. but the hippie in me likes to go at. barefoot yeah. every once in a while. Can she do the front nine with coffee and the back nine with vodka and water? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> this is made for you. <laughs> this is done. I am sold. When you were getting started in your business, because now you're at the point where you can give advice to other small business owners, you've made it through the hump, you've made it through all the hardships. What were a couple of tools or types of people that you leveraged in getting started? I, in terms of people, I would say uh, I leveraged everyone in the, what I call smarter in the room than myself. So everyone who was in a position that I wanted to be in, I basically picked their brain because most of the people in my life are very sharing with information, very open. So I was able to just pick their brain and see kind of how they got, not the exact specifics, but the general idea of how they got to the, where they did, what things they did at this stage of the game, what investments they made at this stage, things like that. And so I definitely put all, all the, all the people, um, in my life to work as much as I could. As for tools, um, that was something I was a little more fortunate than others in because I do have a background in programming. Whenever there was something I needed to be done and the, a tool existed or didn't exist, I, I was able to make it for myself. So I'm kind of in a unique position in that sense. However, um, if I were starting from scratch and I did not have that skill set, what I would recommend to people is productivity tools, which Trinity and Mike have definitely talked about on this podcast before, mm -hmm. but being able to create time out of no time is the best thing I could ever say to a business owner, not only for the sense of having a, a good work-life balance, but also when you are at work, making sure every minute counts. So productivity tools, well, let's talk in the realm of social media for a second. I'm sure y'all have heard of things like uh, Buffer and Hootsuite. Yep. That, that, that's what I would definitely recommend because that, that saves time. You sit down on a Sunday afternoon, you schedule all your posts for a week, and now for this week you don't have to worry about every day waking up at a certain time or scheduling at a certain time. It's already in the plan, ready to go. So, so to kind of wrap that up in a sense, productivity tools are the number, number one thing I would recommend. And I know on your LinkedIn site – posts you schedule are tips. Yes. They are, the the format is the same. The background's usually the same. The font and the text size are the same. So you're just kind of plugging and playing, right? Yeah, and, and that's another thing. I'm really glad you brought that up. That's another tip I want to give to small business owners. It's you don't always have to reinvent the wheel every single day. And sometimes it almost behooves you not to reinvent the wheel every single day because you don't know if your message has been seen by the entire audience you want it to be seen. So, so for that reason, yes, I try to keep my personal templates um, very similar. Uh, as Mike mentioned, we keep the colors the same. We switch them out, you know, depending on the theme. But, but at most, um, we're, we're going to change out the background to something that makes sense. We're going to keep the font the same because we want our branding to stay similar so people recognize us. But, yeah, it's very, very important that, and I want to stress, it's, it's okay to make the same social media post more than once because I have personally discovered that, not everyone is going to see it when you post it at 11.01 a.m. Not everyone's going right. to be there. Someone the next day at 12.02 might be, like, receptive and ready. So I, I really feel it's important to be able to and comfortably know it's okay to repost things. 
One of the things that I think separates you from other SEO people is you take a nasty deep dive into analytics. Yes. And, and the whys and the hows, and also to the point not only to understand that for your clients, but you've started writing some things, we won't go into details, for yourself, for your company to help you do your job better. Exactly, yeah. It's one of those things with social media especially that we're at the point now in 2020 where we don't really have to guess anymore in terms of, how to do these processes. As long as you have an analytics account that's been feeding you data for, I'd say the least amount of data we could probably work with is six, six months. But if you have a year's worth of data in your Google Analytics account and you have a Google Search Console account set up as well, there's a plethora of information that we can use to not only prop you up, but use the things that your competitors are using to prop you up as well based on analytics. Do they try to change things on you? In terms Meaning of like Google, Google and all the search engines. Yeah. yeah, it happens. Uh, and it doesn't happen every day, but it happens several times a year. This year, in fact, I think we've had two or three algorithm updates. And it, it, we never know what they're going to do. So uh, us as SEO folks, we're always kind of guessing at what the next thing is going to be from Google. And until something changes, as we all know, they're the biggest search engine on the world. So uh, mm-hmm. pretty much when Google mm-hmm. says jump, we say how high. And yep. so we're, we're always trying to just figure out what their latest... Uh, what the repercussions of their latest algorithm update would be. Is there some consistency in why they do what they do? Oh, yes, absolutely. There's absolute consistency in the why. And the why is they are always trying to connect people, you the person, in terms of what you're searching for, to that information. They're always trying to get that goal to be as, as quickly and as accurate as possible. So with Trinity being a realtor, I don't have to type in, if I'm on my computer right here and we're in Cary, I don't need to type in Raleigh Realtor. If I just typed in Realtor, they're going to know I'm here. And if she's the number one, that's going to come up first. I don't have to type in a lot of those words anymore. Right? Yeah, if she, exactly. Um, especially local searches is now geographically based. So mm-hmm. so if you're in the area that you're you're searching for the real estate agent, let's, let's take Trinity, for example, she's based out of the Raleigh, you know, care area. She will come up first mm-hmm. if she is in that geographic area. Absolutely. Which you are the best, and you would come up first. first. I would say I so. I want to hear him say that. So, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> in my real estate realm, I work 100% by referral, <laughs> and I don't even know if I would show up in a search at all because that's not the focus of my marketing. Um, now, if you go out and Google me, like my Facebook and LinkedIn, all that's going to, because I'm much more active on social media than I am on my website. Can you... Tell a fake SEO guy within a minute. A mile away. <laughs> a mile, especially now in 2020, just because a lot of the old, what we call black hat and gray hat techniques just straight up don't work anymore. And as soon as I hear someone say, like the word keyword density, for example, I just immediately stop listening. Key, keyword density has not been a thing for well over a decade now. And that, that's one of the biggest, biggest <laughs> red flags. Because you're, somebody's good in social media, enjoys social media, does not mean they'll be a good social media manager like you. Because there's a lot to learn these days, isn't there? Well, not only is there a lot to learn, but just because you might be good at social media personally doesn't mean necessarily you might be good for it for a brand. And what I pride myself in doing and what my people and I like to do is really learn about a brand before we start posting as it. Because we're, we're taking on a lot of... Um, 
intimate responsibility by by helping you with these posts and creating them for you and executing them for you. We're pretty much acting as you. So I, I feel a huge responsibility to get as close to your voice as possible, like how, how you naturally present yourself mm-hmm. so that it's very organic experience. Right. Well, and we're going to talk about that a lot more on our next podcast because we have Drago for two. So we're super, we're super, super stoked. And before we wrap up this one, I have one last question for you. You have two great coaches here. You've listened to all of our (laughs) podcasts. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Number one listener. What's one question that you have for us that you would like for us to answer, to answer for our listeners? One one question that I would like for your listeners. So what did we talk about today? We talked about social media and getting started in the business. Oh, actually, since this came up recently, that's my question. You may have already answered it on the podcast, but I, I really think it's important to hear other people's point of view, um, kind of what you asked me a few minutes ago. So if there was only one thing that you could kind of point out to a person when starting off a business, what would it be? If there's only one thing. The very first thing that pops into my head is one word, and it's consistency. Oh, I'm really glad you said yep. that. That's exactly what I was thinking. The first the first six months of a business cycle, you can so easily fall off the path, but the one thing that will keep you going is consistency. Consistency. Doing consistency it whether you want to or not. In your marketing, consistency in your message, consistency in your – if you're doing advertising, whatever it is that you're doing – Um, I always look at it like it's a science experiment, right? And we know that any good science experiment is only as good as as long as the time that you have that experiment going. So if you're not doing something consistently, you don't know if you even have enough results to know if it works or not. And and you might not know what caused that results if you weren't being consistent along the way. Exactly. So the number one thing that we look at when we're working with any new client or any new business owner is... Are you doing things consistently in your business? And if you're not, why? And how can we get you on a more consistent path? I, I could not agree more. So so from one business owner to another business owner listening out there, that is the best thing I, I could have heard come out of Trini's mouth. And, and that is, is so impressive. And when we apply that to social media now, there are so many daunting things to think about and to do. Do you post... Ten times a day, we're both big fans of Gary V, and he just says, keep posting, keep posting, keep right, posting. Right, right. Most people are very uncomfortable with that. But you can't just post, oh, well, I send out, oh, yeah, I'm very active. I post on one post on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'm not going to work either, is it? <laughs> it's, it yeah, it's going to disappear in the same sense of, like, I'm sure everyone that's listening has at some point interacted with a Facebook feed. When you post something, it, it almost immediately disappears because of how much activity there is these days. So posting, yeah, three times a week is not going to really do it in this day and age. And I like what you mentioned earlier, that it's okay to post the same post. If you go, let's say, Monday morning at 9, you can throw it up again at Tuesday, on Tuesday at 4.15, right? Exactly, because you have no idea if the person you're trying to get to with that message yeah. was actually looking on social media on Monday. And I'm a big fan of repurposing content. So whether <laughs> it's a blog that you link to on your website and doing that on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and just recycling and repurposing content because people are not always on all the same platforms or on the same platforms at the same time. A lot of people are only on LinkedIn at work during the day because they have Facebook blocked. So Mm. I know a lot of people who 
don't look at my Facebook posts until after hours because they physically can't, which is so strange to me as a business owner because my phone is glued to my side at all times. It's true, and I agree with you, but if it's one thing I've learned of being in in the business of helping other small businesses and interacting with some medium-sized ones is there are some industries with weird legal restrictions that are from another time period who haven't caught quite up with technology yep. and social media, and that's just an unfortunate side effect of the past, so to speak. One of the biggest pet peeves I have right now that's actually affecting me uh, serving my legal clients is, um, so for those of you who don't know, um, lawyers are not allowed to solicit business. They can't go out and solicit business, which by extension, if you interpret, you know, NC bar laws, um, they can't use social media to go out and interact with people because that could be considered solicitation. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I'm, I'm fervently trying to get changed in this state is, is the laws around social media for lawyers because right now it's, it's from another time period. They haven't caught up. One of the other uh, side hustles of Drago, not only Oak City Tech, Purple Comma, Nutrition, but you are really into bitcoins. I am, yeah. I, I was one of the uh, the original. What I would call it, most my phrase. I'm a day zero bitcoiner. I was there in the beginning. I, I I saw it for what it was, and I always knew that someday it would, you know, become something very useful for the entire planet. And frankly, we're not even at that point yet. We haven't scratched the surface of its potential. But yeah, my Mike couldn't have nailed it better. I'm very long on on Bitcoin and by extension cryptocurrencies in. in in, in its entirety, I'm not to want to say Bitcoin's going to be a winner. I'm more so to say that cryptocurrency is definitely here to stay. And you actually have a meetup group. Yeah, as a matter of fact, yeah, we have a meetup group that tries to meet once a month when we have, you know, a good speaker that can come and speak. We hold it over at the frontier. Um, we have, uh, you know, depending on the subject matter, between 10 and 70 people that come out every month and chat about various topics related to, you know, security, e-commerce, business use various topics. And this is one of those subjects that just scares the daylights out of people because most of us have no idea what it is. That's we hear it and we think, but we have no idea. It's, that's entirely fair because it's brand new. It only came out in 2009. It's brand new, in my opinion. It hasn't even had enough time to work its way through all of our socioeconomic cycles, so to speak, to, to even be in the hands of people to try and use it. One of the things that, that the meetup um, does by extension is there's a, there's a nonprofit arm connected to it, which which... The sole purpose of the nonprofit arm is just to educate people on what cryptocurrency is and what it can do because there's so much information, misinformation out there. If I remember correctly, you can actually use cryptocurrency or Bitcoins to pay for a house, can't you? No, not yet. Oh, really? Oh, I thought you could. Well, not not using the existing system. There have been sales that have happened under special circumstances where people have used Bitcoin. Oh, maybe that's why I read it. Okay, that's what you read. Okay, but it's not like. And that would it wouldn't be through like um, you couldn't finance a house through your lender with Bitcoin. No, no, I have quite a few clients actually that are into Bitcoin, and that's that's a A huge chunk of of their and. Banks do not like Bitcoin users because it's really hard to source. They don't have the forms and structures in place yet yeah. to verify those it's, source yeah. of funds. Again, so it's, it's actually um, almost more of a hindrance on the real estate side. But I've got great people that can that help me dig through it. But yeah, yeah, we're definitely, and I can see how. Down the road, you know, 10, 15 years from now, that will probably be a very normal part. But real estate's really slow to 
to catch on. I, if my clients could pay with Bitcoin, I would love it. I mean, that's just, it's just one arm of their financial portfolio. That and, can now be used. Right. That's yeah. like saying, you know, for a first time home buyer, you can't take money out of your 401k to put down. At some point, someone said, hey, this is something that we can do for our first time home buyers. But that's a perfect example. That's exactly yeah, how they came about. Yeah. Exactly. So someday we will be sitting here when I'm, you know, old and gray and we'll be talking about how crazy it is that my clients can now use Bitcoin to pay for their houses. Oh, the good old days. The way back good when. old days. And with that, I'm super excited for our next podcast. We're going to be talking all about social media, um, fatal web design flaws, yeah. because we know that those are out there in abundance and also getting into some content marketing with Drago. Please, 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 if you would go out and rate, review, and subscribe. Also, if you have any questions for Drago, because he is the master behind this madness, send them to us, info at wiredtochange.com. Or if there's any other topics that you are interested in hearing about, we are all ears. And where can they find you on social media, Drago? Um, mo most of my company accounts are under Oak City Tech or Go Oak City Tech because, you know, the name wasn't available. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Go Oak City, so you need two O's in there. So Correct. Yeah, to spell it correctly. So anyways, we appreciate it very much for all the things you do for us as a uh, producer and guru and friend. We are very happy to be doing business with you. And I'm very happy to be serving you. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.